Hey everyone, welcome to the Others Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Penny. We have another special guest this week from, well, across the pond from in respect to where I am. Uh, this time from Michigan in the US of A. Uh, and we've got Raphael Collins. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Good to have uh, listeners of the, the podcast on here to, to talk about stuff. Sweet. So this week we are going to discuss the final single i think it was from in my mind we're doing this in a weird order but um this is the third and final single and it is that girl featuring snoop dogg and charlie wilson um this was released on the 30th of october 2006 and i have absolutely zero idea how well it did in the charts because there's no information i could find well to be honest, I didn't dig around too much, but my, my usual sources didn't have any information. So I don't really know how it did. But if I'm remembering correctly, at least over in the UK and in Europe, it didn't do brilliantly. Um, again, followed on from the kind of poor performance of Can I Have It Like That? The even poorer performance of Angel. And I think that continued with this song as well. Yeah, I know over here the video got a little play, but I don't think I can even remember hearing it on the radio. And just as you said over here, none of the singles really popped off that well. Yeah, and it's strange because, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, um, Angel got kind of picked up by by Radio 1 in the UK, which is like the, the biggest kind of radio station over there. And it was their most played song at one point in time. And it was getting a lot of play. Still didn't do much. But then, yeah, this track... I don't really remember hearing it anywhere back then, not on the radio or in the clubs. I probably heard it every now and again somewhere, but but nowhere really. It doesn't, yeah, it never really sort of stood out, which I think is a shame because, funnily enough, I actually quite like this track. Yeah, it's most definitely one of my favorites off the album. I remember when I first heard it in my mind, I was, and that track came out, I most definitely went crazy in my room because I was, this is the best thing I've ever heard. Granted, I said that about the last like six tracks also when I first heard it. So Yeah, this one I think was a bit of a, a grower on me. Um, it's from the kind of R&B side of the album. I think a lot of those tracks I wasn't overly keen on when it first kind of came out. Um, but it definitely grew on me. And then just like watching it back a minute ago and playing the video again and trying to kind of listen to it properly. Um, yeah, I kind of realized how much I... I do actually like the song, especially the some of like the vocal arrangements and the flow, like at the start of the first verse and then during the chorus as well. And then the the strings kind of oh, like so throughout sweet. the track on the back of it. They sound like really, really good. And I even kind of dug out an instrumental a minute ago as well. I was playing the instrumental to myself. And just listening to that, it's a really, really good beat. Yeah, man. That's most definitely, in my opinion, a P highlight beat. And I remember um, even on the Out of My Mind version that Quest Love did, how he added the Charlie Wilson vocals and kind of Charlie scatting throughout the whole thing made even more sweet. It was kind of sad that it didn't blow up the way we probably wanted it to be. Yeah, definitely. I guess it was um, around that time, sort of the mid-2000s, I think. Although this was very good, there was a lot of this kind of stuff out there. Um, and I think a lot of, especially with this album as well, I think it kind of got saturated in and amongst all the other kind of stuff that was that was popular at the time as well, yeah. which is why I don't think the album necessarily did as well as it 
could have or should have. Yeah, that and the fact that he would push the release back at least three times, maybe four. <laughs> yeah, that that didn't help. And it came out in um, yeah, towards the sort of the winter, didn't it? Yeah. It's it, you would expect it to be kind of, that kind of album to be a, a sort of spring release to kind of build up into the summer. There's a lot of kind of tracks on there that were kind of almost made for the summer. And none of them saw the light of day during the summer. They all kind of came out in the autumn and winter and stuff. Yeah, it was really odd. Yeah, like I remember purchasing the album, like begging my parents to take me to, I want to say, like Best Buy, picking it up. And I remember like that day he had like a lot of release because he was on like MTV, VH1 and stuff. So it was like the momentum for those few days. I want to say it was around the time like number one was the single. Yeah. And then after that, everything just fell off again. Yeah. Like, I know over here, he debuted maybe number three. Like, I forgot who beat him out. But even I know the the artist that beat him out was kind of random. I think it was, like, one of those now compilations or something like that ended up beating him out. Like, number one. <laughs> you don't want to get beat by something <laughs> like that. Damn. But, um, yeah, let's have a, a chat about the video. Um, I've got to say, just watching this back a minute ago, it's... It's a very dated video. Yeah. It hasn't aged very well at all. It really looks like it was made in the kind of early to mid 2000s. Um, and that starts off immediately when one of the first things you hear is a, a Nokia ringtone yeah. that goes off. And then he has a, a Nokia phone. I think we've talked about this Nokia product placement um, in the past. You know, Nokia phones seem to show up in a lot of pharrell and, and snoop videos and stuff so there was obviously some kind of deal going on at the time nokia were throwing money at people to try and endorse their failing mobile business but um yeah he's got some weird nokia with a little kind of flip up turn around screen thing and yeah it, it, it looks its age but also i noticed at the start it's uh the woman in the video is lauren london yeah who's obviously in the front in video and uh, whatever. she's in a couple of the other videos and i think if you to actually, if, sorry, if I were to actually pay attention, I think her appearing in certain videos actually kind of tells a bit of a story. Yeah. So, you know, you've got the front in one where they first meet and, you know, they're kind of coming together, I guess, as it were, um, kind of first seeing each other. And then this one comes on a few more songs where, you know, they're talking about, I think in the video she's talking about, you know, he needs to, he should like delete all of the, the women in his phone and he just needs one girl and needs to settle down. And, you know, the song is about kind of finding that one person and realizing you're, you're in love with them. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because that's how I felt about um, the other girl in the front end video. I felt that her, her being in front and then maybe I was like, maybe it's a, a story in itself. He got her in front and then maybe we see that it didn't work out but um yeah i know at the time when i was in school i did love the that girl video and then re-watching it i also was like wow this is kind of didn't age well i remember for me i love the beginning how when she was going through the ashley's akira's and how her a's yeah. matched up with the a's and the um uh, the actual song at the time i thought that was genius mm-hmm. as i'm saying it now i'm still like no it's still genius <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I always loved the concept of it. I mean, it was so much going on from the ice cream outfits he had on, which actually the shirt he had on in the beach, I actually owned that shirt. Like, I bought it. <laughs> the video I watched was really heavily edited. It was the only one I could find. And it even, like, dubbed out the word Jesus. Oh, wow. And it, 
And then it blurred out anything that said ice cream on it. And it blurred out that T-shirt. But through the blur, and because I'm a very, very sad man, (laughs) I'm thinking it's the ice cream cone character that's on a skateboard. Exactly. Yes, that is exactly what it is. (laughs) You you have validated my sadness. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Well, for me, when I bought this shirt, I was ecstatic because I was just like, it's the Batgirl ice cream shirt. And I just wear it every day like a loser it was <laughs> terrible but you couldn't tell me anything because it was ice cream there's nothing wrong with that right but i have to say as we're talking about the bbc and ice cream stuff this is a, a three and a half minute bbc advert yeah. slash lookbook we talked about in the angel one what well, the actual the released version there's there's no branding at all it's very plain and simple and kind of grown up. This goes back to every, almost every ice cream and BBC item that was on release at that time. We've got the T-shirt you just talked about. There's a couple of others. We've got a couple of different BBC hats. Uh, the B one, the running dog one. We've got uh, the jet polo shirt. We've got the yeah. striped, two different striped polo shirts. We've got jean shorts. We've got... Uh, a crew neck there's the tracksuit bottoms there's the flamingo varsity jacket oh absolute grail of mine woodland camo hoodie and i think he's wearing some of the pharrell bapesters i want to say he was yeah again the video i saw was kind of let's say not high definition in any kind of way and there's only a couple of scenes where you actually see him when he stood next to snoop um, and you can kind of see the shoes and just the kind of purpley pinky kind of color made it look like it was um, a pair of those, those Bapesters, but I'm not 100% sure. But if anyone's got a uh, a good quality version of that video, I'm sure they'll tell me that I'm wrong if I am. All right, it's going to be someone. I also thought it was dope how that video I had like the ice cream skate team had a little shot or whatever and um yeah it was just so much going on in that video that was just awesome to me yeah and like as i watched that through i found that kind of like a bit of a a shame that there was a lot going on in the video again like the concepts of the video generally i i get and is kind of an interesting concept uh, it could have been done slightly better i think but but nevertheless it's okay but then you've also got these cutaway shots to when he he's on the beach and he's got the again that ice cream t-shirt and the money roll shorts um and it just didn't sit very well in a video it was like it was almost as if okay all hip-hop videos now have to be if you haven't got hype williams directing it you still need some hype williams kind of shots in there mm. had the slow running girls <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and hype you know hype likes to do the kind of these beach shots and stuff so yeah it just kind of seemed dropped in there almost like oh here's for on the beach and here's a couple of girls in bikinis and okay like yeah it was you could have gone like i was gonna say yeah it was most definitely interesting and i remember they tried to like tie that in where when you sit on the beach and he kind of deletes those girls from the contacts and was like oh i guess that'll work (laughs) i think that it seemed like there were there were certain boxes to tick like we want this kind of shot this kind of shot this kind of shot this is what videos have at the moment um and we need to tick those boxes and, yeah, somehow loosely tie them together. I think the video would have worked better if it had just kind of stuck around, or either stuck around the original idea and concept and focused on that. Or if you made a video that was more focused on 
the the kind of aesthetics of the the beach shots and stuff, and it looked more like that mm-hmm. across the whole sort of three three and a half minutes or whatever. That would have worked better, kind of either or. But both of them mixed together for me didn't didn't really work that well. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, the same is one of those things that I noticed again when I was rewatching the video like the other day, and I was like, again, just didn't. Like you said, it just didn't add, it didn't age that well. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, so what else have we got? As we mentioned, um, we've got Charlie Wilson in there. Uh, we've got a verse from Snoop. Um, the majority of the Snoop stuff is shot separately. Yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, as is the case for most of these things, you know, scheduling conflicts and stuff. So he's generally shot separately. There's a couple of shots where they're both standing together with a... Obviously, with a green screen behind them and some dated graphics uh, put behind them. Again, they may not have even been in the same place then. Uh, I think they probably were. But, um, yeah, their actual time on screen together is very, very limited. Yeah, I really like this new verse a lot on this. I felt he complimented the song well, which was probably, like, another reason why I was kind of shocked that it didn't become a hit because we had Drop It Like It's Hot, Let's Get Blown, Beautiful, all these records that were doing so well with them together and then this happening again it just didn't really connect with the audience like they thought yeah definitely um and i think yeah the snoop verse is not his best but one of his one of his better ones uh i think he can be well, around that time he was very hit and miss let's say at times yeah but yeah i think it was one of his, his slightly better ones and again his verse was kind of loosely around Falling in love with somebody, although in his case, uh, it was a girl who was Ain't a, that who was yeah. she was a skeezer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a girl who was a blood whose uh, daddy was a thug. So yeah, classic. Yeah, classic concept. As I'm, re- uh, as I'm rapping his verse in my head, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he, he he was all right on there. He he certainly added to it throughout. Like the track itself, I thought like again lyrically, it was better than some of the other stuff on the album. Yeah. I think on the last podcast, um, I talked about you know the album sounded um quite forced at times. It was yeah very very braggy and you know lots of talk of things that weren't really i don't think in pharrell's life or lifestyle you know the talk of guns and drugs and all those kinds of things yes but i think on this song it was toned down or generally on the r&b tracks on the album it's toned down a bit and on this it was and there was some you know interesting and in good kind of word play in there somewhere but there's one kind of bar that i don't know why um this stands out, but it's but it always does to me. It just seems a, a not strange bar to put in there, but it's the one where it says, uh, "Let's go to Vegas and watch Celine Dion make him say what we on." And it it's just strange to me because if you're going to take a girl on a date, you okay? Let's go to Vegas and yeah. watch Celine Dion. Okay, is is that what you do when you're you've got a lot of money? I don't know. It could be, but now that you say that, was one of my highlight parts too just because i guess the imagery for me because i guess for here that is like a big thing you go to vegas she had her whole like residency going on during that time so but yeah when you bring it up it's kind of a unique lyric to for peter just throw out there (laughs) yeah it it makes me think that that was he knows someone has done that or he's done that himself 
I can get tickets to this sold out show, even though it is Celine Dion. Let's go and do that. Yeah, which now I think about it, I know like a lot of rappers for some reason like to mention Celine Dion. Like I remember when Kanye had some verse where it was like looking like a fat booty Celine Dion or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. who knows about hip hop's love for her? I'm going to have to get on genius.com later and uh, look up Celine Dion related lyrics. I'm pretty sure there's probably like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested to see. How many there might be? Probably too many. Yeah. But yeah, I always liked it, that girl. I thought it was a nice um, transition into the R&B half, since that's when we got more of the R&B hooks mixed in with the raps that he was going in from the first half. So yeah, it was like a nice... And I want to say it was, was track seven, I believe. I think it might have been, yeah. Yeah, so it was like I that did, nice... I did look at the track list earlier. That nice midway point to like Angel, Young Girl... I really like you, girl, all that stuff. Yes, well, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm calling this one of the R&B tracks, but I guess he is kind of rhyming throughout most of it and then obviously singing the hook. So it's a bit of a yeah, a mixed one. I guess it, I guess you'd call it a transition track, yeah, especially with its placement on the album as well. Yeah, but it was like, even though I think the album ended again with rap, what was it like, show you how to hustle or something like that? So he went right back to yeah. talking about stuff that he's not really living. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you had, yeah, Show You How to Hustle. And then I think on the international one, you had uh, Swagger International. is yeah. like the 17th track. I'm just trying to flick through the playlist uh, that, here now. I think Mama Sita was, for some people, the little Daddy Yankee joint. Yeah, that, uh, yes. That was on um, one of the versions, yeah. Yeah, I remember when he, like, performed that, too, on, like, the Billboard. It was something super random. Like, and I was like, oh cool and then it never made the album <laughs> yeah um what else have we got funnily enough this track was sampled has been sampled three times uh according to genius.com uh kendrick lamar um absol with lupe fiasco and nikki jean and king louis sampled this Ooh. i could not i know that i remember like that snapback and tattoo song had like the a in there, the little a sample and it sounded very annoying for some reason on that song. Okay. <laughs> so not sampled well then. Yeah. Not sampled well. When I first I was like, oh, cool, that girl. And it was just like that repeated, A, A, A. And I was like, yeah, we could have left that off. <laughs> that that would be slightly annoying, yeah. But yeah, I'm trying to think of like these tracks that it's, it's sampled on. I can't place it in my mind what any of them sound like, unfortunately. Yeah. The joys of a an old and bad memory. Yeah, I might have to look back on those also now. Yeah, I was going to quickly look them up before we started recording, but I uh, was rapidly running out of time, so I didn't get a chance. But if I do remember, I will put the uh, the names of them and links in the show notes. And that's me basically saying I won't remember. So what else have we got on this uh, this track or this video? Anything else that's that's worth mentioning? I'm just trying to flick through some of the lyrics and see if there's anything that, that stands out, anything... Uh, it's worth mentioning. I'm trying to think. I think the answer is a big fat no. Yeah, I think that about sums up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like um, like the last one I talked about. It's one of those tracks where they just it, it didn't do much. Yeah. There wasn't much to it, so there's not a huge amount to talk about in terms of in terms of the track itself. And again, the video, like we say, wasn't uh, wasn't the best either. Just trying to flick through my notes and see if I can spot anything else, but that's pretty much all I wrote down. Yeah. So, did you have any um, other BBC bits from that 
that era or just that one t-shirt what did i have from there i had um well the mall that i used to work at so nothing but ice cream so my ice cream collection was pretty big nice so i had like the running dog shirt um the skull and the skulls and bones one i used to wear faithfully um it had like this one basic shirt that just simply said ice cream and this was like around the time when ice cream became like super cheap. I think that's when they like changed their, um, the company that was making it. So you would get a shirt for like 25, 30 bucks. And, um, but yeah, I didn't probably start getting BBC a little bit later when I got an actual job, <laughs> a real job. <laughs> then my collection went up. But yeah, it's most definitely as far as that era was more of the older stuff. And then, like I said, whatever I could find for the videos, I would just like, beg my parents to buy me for it just so i can just so i can have it. like i had like the all black miami hat hat that he used to wear all the time yeah. i know nothing about basketball but i wanted because of him i wanted that nokia phone <laughs> because of him <laughs> just just because With that ring ringtone on it as well right <laughs> just give me the basic ringtone and i'll be happy but yeah that yeah i had quite a few that i was able to get in there all like just in my closet somewhere just not to be touched and worn yeah yeah what about you You had anything during that time frame yeah quite a lot of things actually but um all of mine are long gone now unfortunately lost lost in another country um but yeah like i remember going to to new york around that time actually and there were like a couple of places that were like you know authorized stockists of it or whatever down this or green street or wherever it is in soho um and i had some like the woodland camo stuff i had uh one of the t-shirts and a hoodie and some of the jeans and what else did i have i don't know other random bits and pieces a couple of jackets from around that time as well but yeah then all lost unfortunately and still still lost i say i say lost stolen more like oh, i feel your but, pain yeah Still, yeah, it still hurts me to this day to think about it. Yeah, I remember the, it's funny when you brought the Soul um, shop. I remember the first time I went to New York, it was like right after high school. That was like my only goal. It was like a whole family trip. And I was like, I just want to see the BBC store. <laughs> it was like that and like Kid Robot. Like those are the only two stores I cared about. I think I bought like a couple pieces, like a couple shirts I was able to afford. Just like the basic, just BBC nothing special yeah and then i think i bought like a few like kid robot items and my trip was made <laughs> yeah annoyingly i went just before they opened the first bbc store there Ooh. so i never got to actually go to that store and see it like the new one i've been to um sort of earlier in the year but yeah the original one with all the kind of starfield stuff and like yeah. the upstairs part like I never got to see it and i'm like really gutted about that oh, it was it was awesome <laughs> Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> well, if it make you feel better, I've never been to the Tokyo store, so. Oh, same here. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. When I went, it was this was kind of yeah, still early days in BBC, and it was only being sold through yeah certain uh certain authorized resellers. You know, in London we had one or two, I think, and then obviously there were a few more in New York and in the US and stuff. Um, but yeah, this was back in the day when it was actually still quite hard to get hold of some of the stuff yeah it's fortunate now you can find random stores like i remember zoomies was like the skate shop the skate store zoomies was selling like ice cream stuff and there's a few little stores here that have like bbc stuff it's never in my size like it's always three x's four x's and i'm just like oh I just came to look then and 
walk back out. <laughs> well, I have to say, if you spot anything anytime soon that's too large, uh, just buy it and stick it in a washing machine. It'll, <laughs> it'll soon shrink down to size, trust me. I have to keep that in mind. <laughs> that's my, my one beef at the moment with uh, a lot of their stuff. Yeah, no, I take all my to the cleaners. I don't even trust the washer and dryer. <laughs> 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 like every single shirt just goes to the cleaners and... I just wait and wear it again one time and I'm good again. Yeah, see, I like to think I'm sort of fairly domesticated and I, I wash stuff, as it says on the label, like in the washing machine and, you know, it's on cold, it's on as, like, the hand wash settings. I'm not actually going to stand there and fucking hand wash something. But then, yeah, it still comes out half the size it originally was. Yeah. Which is slightly annoying when yeah. you've spent, like, hundreds and hundreds on the T-shirts and the tops and, meh. Yeah. I don't know what I'd do if I accidentally shrunk one of my stuff because i'm already tiny as it is so it just wouldn't even be <laughs> it wouldn't even be wearable anymore yeah i would be See, yeah the problem i have is yeah i'm quite big and i shrink it and then like it would fit a normal person but i just have to hang it up in the wardrobe and think one day if i keep going to the gym i may be able to get back into it one day your goal shirt <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. to be fair um if yeah, if I did keep up going to the gym and actually got down to a normal sort of size, um, yeah, I think about 70% of my wardrobe would be accessible to me again. Sweet. Something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, well, if I ever get there, yeah. Yeah, I think in my in my wardrobe or closet, whatever you want to call it, yeah, I think most of it's most of it just hangs there and doesn't get touched anymore. Yeah, no, I bring them out every now and then. I know my wife, it's funny with all my stuff, she threatens me. She's like, if you don't wear it within a year, I'm throwing it out. And I'm just like, no, it, I, you can't throw it out. I can't wear it. <laughs> <laughs> like when Pharrell was first doing like the Adidas releases, I was buying stuff and it would just, just stay in my closet just to know that I have it. Like, it's not even like on a hype beast thing. It's just, yeah. I'm that much of like a stand where it's just like, I just want to know that I have it. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. Yes. <laughs> then just, all you got to do is set a reminder just to repeat once every year where where that right. red track top or something stick it on one day that's it you've ticked that box it can't be thrown away then right show her to her one time like see i have it on like <laughs> I, um like when they released the whole no one ever really dies bbc merch i probably wore this shirt one time since it came out like and i was because my goal was to wear it till they actually do a real mm-hmm. tour which yep. that ever happens and i was like uh, i guess i wear one just to see how it feels. And then I throw it in the cleaners and put it back in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I picked up some of the um, the stuff from the London BBC store. So they did some like EU exclusive merchandise. Um, and I actually wore the hat and the, the hoodie today, in fact. Eat. And uh, I have to say, like, the hoodie itself is um, like really, really nice. Really nicely done. It's like black BBC hoodie. Then it's from a distance. It's just like um, like yellow uh like font on it mm-hmm. so nerd billionaire boys club and on the back it's got the album track listing then if you look really closely within the yellow there's a mm-hmm. like a lot of glitter but you don't notice it until you're up close and it it looks really cool it looks nice sweet i was because i remember when they was released the um the little bedazzled nerd hoodie that i guess was for the tour merge or whatever yeah so that's what i was kind of visually thinking of when you was explaining it all <laughs> uh, right no this is just yeah like standard kind of printed on graphic with like glitter within the mm-hmm. the material they're using but i'm waiting for my bedazzled hoodie 
uh, from the tour it should hopefully be on its way to me now. So we actually want the um, the ESP long sleeve. At first, I didn't really care about it, but now that I keep seeing P wear it at shows, I'm like, I kind of want that now. <laughs> you know, I I could have bought one when the tour started. Someone had one I could have got, and I passed on it. I was like, meh, nah. And then when I saw, when I actually met him, he was wearing it. Subtle flicks, I, I like that. It does look like <laughs> quite, yeah, it does look quite cool, like in person. And I was when I met P, <laughs> and yeah, can I have that T-shirt you're wearing? And then I was meant to get some merch after the show, actually. But by the time the show had finished, the merch person had gone. And so, yeah, I've actually got that, the hoodie and that ESP long sleeve T-shirt, hopefully on its way to me at the moment. It's somewhere in transit, somewhere in the world. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Looking forward to getting it. It's coming. <laughs> hanging it up and never wearing it again. So are you getting to um, see NERD while they're kind of doing this... Um, kind of festival tour this year? Yeah, I watch... Actually, on my computer, I have the Fuji Rock one that I have that set. Snap. Oh, that set is ridiculous. It's only made me want to tour even more just to see, like, the crowd reaction to, like, Rolling Sevens and just them watching everything. I was just like, I need this. This has to be here. And so, but yeah, I... Um, yeah, I've been loving the ones I've been able to watch. I've loved. They haven't really come anywhere near the Michigan area for any of the festivals, unfortunately. So everything I've done has just been the little live streams are like stalking their Instagram stories. So yeah, I've, I downloaded that uh, Fuji Rocks one as well. I was watching it uh, last weekend, in fact. Um, and I think the sets, you know, wherever they go, they're they're pretty much identical, bar a few ad-libs here and there when they're talking to the crowd but yeah it's a good good festival set and like you say if they if they do do a kind of smaller arena kind of tour um i think a lot of those songs will stay in as well um as well as like a there'll be a few more classics in there i think as well uh, a few more slightly slower ones let's say yeah like i'm pretty sure if they do a more intimate one we'll get the run to the suns the maybe exactly. sooner or later so yeah but i saw one interview i want to say maybe it was you guys were, were saying was talking about how they wanted the the set was just high energy that was like the whole goal which yep. i was surprised that, that was that, that was me that yeah. was me definitely sweet so i'm, I'm listening i'm listening <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you one person is so yeah and i remember like even with the fuji i rock seeing them perform and when they did like killjoy i was like oh man they're still performing killjoy <laughs> like, yeah which it looked like it worked pretty well it's just one of those songs i just wouldn't have thought during this like comeback tour let's throw that in the rotation <laughs> yeah yeah the set at the moment is it is just i think purely just to kind of get the crowd going yeah if you look back on previous years when they did festivals and they would just do a kind of greatest hits set almost with things like maybe in there and tracks like that we as fans love those tracks and can sing along to them but when you've got you know fifty thousand people in front of you in a field somewhere you know they want the stuff they can dance to they can yeah. jump up and down to and yeah, most people are, are, are drunk or, or worse. Yeah, last thing they want to hear is provider. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. No no one wants to be really drunk or high and, you know, waiting to party and then Bobby James comes on. You right, know? the full, full version. Chad brings out the sex and everything. <laughs> exactly. I think 
yeah, I'd love that. You'd love that. But uh, the the casual listener probably wouldn't so much. Yeah, which I will say, just because you brought out Bobby James, I remember during the Roots performance, I thought it was sweet how they transitioned blurred lines into the second half. The uh, was everybody's a star. That was like the sweetest thing. I was like, can they keep doing that? Please keep doing that. <laughs> so hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny because I've been listening to In Search of again um, the last sort of few days a bit more after having not listened to it for for a while. Well, not probably not end to end, and just yeah, remembering just how good tracks like Bobby James are, and yeah. remember seeing them live like you know nearly fifteen years ago and stuff in like little venues and. Yeah, just crazy. I'd I'd love to see them do some smaller shows again and just do you know absolute classics like that and have every everyone singing along and you know. Yeah, I've had the chance to see them twice. The first time was when they did the the tour of Kanye West, the little glow in the dark tour, mm-hmm. and then the second time they did like this random free show over in Michigan for one of the colleges we had, which was I want to say it was around right before. I want to say either before nothing, like that time before they got Rhea was in the group. So like that soldier popcorn song was probably like the only new material yeah. they had. And after that, I just never had a chance anymore. Yeah, that's um. Well, I feel your pain being stuck out here in Finland. It's uh, imagine the Midwest isn't like top priority for a lot of artists. You get maybe Detroit, Chicago, or so. That's about about it yeah. <laughs> yeah especially when you're talking about nerd who rarely tours already so yeah you gotta be in one of those coastal cities really to uh to be likely to get them and yeah we get that out here in finland as well i was not not surprised they did the festival here because the festival season is actually quite big out here you get some quite big names but like if they did a, a normal tour let's say they probably wouldn't come over here i'd have to travel to yeah, maybe Sweden, if they're doing a world tour. Yeah, maybe Sweden or France or the UK or Germany or, or somewhere. I'd actually have to fly somewhere to see them. Yeah, hopefully. I'm hoping, like, hoping hard and strong that we get, like, an announcement. I'm one of those people that's holding on to that P interview when they're like, are you going to tour? And he's like, yeah, we're going to tour. Yeah. I'm that guy still holding on. <laughs> yeah, well, I, again, I think we've mentioned this on, like, some of the other podcasts. But, yeah, I, I've heard bits and pieces from different people. Um, I think there was a plan mm-hmm. to kind of tour after this sort of festival season. But as with even this kind of tour they're on at the moment, you know, they've had to cancel the, the Australian dates. And there was one of the, it was like Luxembourg or something they cancelled as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, I think even this tour was hard to to put together from from what I've been told. So to then, you know, in festivals, are, you know, they have a really busy period, then they'll get like a couple of weeks off and it's not like too hectic. But I think if you go on a, you know, a world tour, yeah. you're just headlining, you know, you've got to literally be in a different place every other night for weeks and, and months on end. And I just think the logistics of it and the busyness of the schedules, um, yeah, especially of, you know, Pharrell. Um, it's just hard to kind of, you know, work in that stuff because even on this tour, you look when they had small gaps in the in the schedule, and some of the people on the tour would go off on holiday, and some people would go back home to the US, and 
but at least on a couple of occasions, Pharrell would fly to London. I know I think he went to Paris once as well. And I imagine that's because, you know, he has work commitments, he, he's producing for people, he has to go wants to go to a studio that he knows. And that, you know, that obviously takes its toll on you as well when you've got all that other stuff going on, that other work you've got to produce as well as perform to people every single night. Yeah, that can take a toll. I and I remember some interview where Pete was talking about how much he don't like touring that much and then i know for america he really didn't tour girl and like me i was one of the people that was waiting i'm like yes a new album we're getting a tour i'm going and we got nothing we got random tv performances of happy and come get it back (laughs) yeah it's funny because he did quite a lot of european dates i know he did like, like in the uk i think he did like six dates he did like a couple in manchester a couple in birmingham two or three in london or something then he did Europe, and I know he did Australia as well. Some gigs over there. Yeah, it's strange that you guys didn't really, uh, didn't really get much. Yeah, still heard about that. The second reason why I'm holding on to this NERD tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, f- fingers crossed. And, and like I say, you know, if they if they did go out on tour, we probably wouldn't get them here. But I think if the set list changed up a little bit, I think I'd um, I'd definitely fly somewhere to like, yeah. to go see them again. If they did it, because I'm just. If they did a traditional, is there any songs you prefer to hear or would like to hear? Anything from In Search Of. The more of In Search Of you can put in there, the the better for me. So the ones you mentioned earlier, like, you know, Run To The Sun, Things Are Getting Better, uh, Bobby James, you know, because on every tour and every show we always get, yeah. you know, the two big songs from the album. And they're, they, they always play well and, you know, they always sound good. But it gets to a point where... Yeah, I sort of think, okay, I've seen this song live like 14 times now. I've listened to it literally thousands of times. I've seen other live performances on YouTube hundreds of times. It's like, I want to see something a little bit different. So, yeah, I'd go for anything from um, anything from the first album. Obviously, you're always going to get new album stuff in there. But then I'd like to yeah. see some, some different stuff, some random stuff. You know, just maybe things like, I don't know, like, hypnotize you that would be sweet i think the only time i ever saw it was when he was on like david letterman i remember they performed it but i don't remember seeing any other like youtube videos of like hypnotize you that would be sweet i'm trying to think if i saw them do it like i think i have seen it live but yeah it's not one that that like comes up regularly yeah and it's it's quite an underrated track in my opinion as well so i'd like to see that live yeah that would be sweet I know for me, I'm trying to think. I would love to see like Love Bomb live. Oh yeah, that would be that'll be sweet. Um, I know for a while they were doing like you know what and um, like laugh about. I think I've seen before. Seen them do those live. But like I said, just all the random stuff would be sweet. Victory, (laughs) yeah, would be like sweet to be live. Life as I've a seen fish. That one. I've seen that one live, actually. Victory. Really? Yeah. Sweet. I think like Life as a Fish or like Inside the Clouds live would be be awesome to hear. Anything off of Fly or Die, like like Finder Way would be sweet. Like to hear live. And I'm like, I'm naming all the slow stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But they're the things that yeah. I think as real fans, we sort of appreciate the actual musicality of it as opposed to. The big showiness of, of a festival and the big yeah. big loud fast songs. We wanna hear we wanna hear those ones that actually kinda of like mean something to us. Yeah, when P well yeah, when Furrow and Chad and Shay just show off just 
how talented they really are those are the songs that always like i think i gravitated towards more throughout Mm -hmm. any of the albums it was always just those special songs yeah but yeah we need to uh we'll keep our fingers crossed in hope that uh yeah they get back out on tour but as i say i think it's uh we may be uh, waiting a long while yeah I'll be praying, <laughs> doing the Our Father. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh dear. All right. Um, what else have we got to chat about? I'll ask you. This is we. Somebody asked it of me the other day on the last podcast, and it's still mm-hmm. fairly new. We're only a few days away from then at the time of recording this. The some of the new stuff, such as the uh, Ariana Grande album. Have you had a listen? Do you have any? feelings or thoughts i love it honestly it's a really good project to me okay um i think my favorite record so far right now is successful just when that little bridge i think that's i think that's everybody's i think all the things i see written about it it's it's that one yeah yeah just those um yeah just those chords so those chords are just something else when they finally kicked in and then we get the the steel drum effect later on um, I want to say it's been mentioned before, but just the fact that P just went back to that older Neptune's bag, which I don't know, it was one of those cases where she wanted that sound, or these were just stuff that was just on the hard drive and just... Yeah, I, ha- I have a, a theory about that. Um, so I, I know like Mike Larson did an interview. Um, shout out Mike, I know he, he might be listening. Um he did an interview Michigan love Mike <laughs> he did an interview earlier in the year I think when the the album was kind of coming out or was out and he talked about yeah he gets to kind of just when they're putting the album together he gets to just sit there and dig through all of Pharrell's old hard drives and dig out random beats and just listen to like all these demos of, of stuff and from listening to that I get the feeling that they may well have been in the studio and he him or somebody else had kind of come across that track on a hard drive somewhere and just happened to kind of play it and then they thought okay this is cool we could do something with this or she said that sounds good like what's that can we can we work with that um because i know like pharrell talks about he doesn't like going back to the past which i think is why it's such a surprise for a lot of people that we're hearing that old kind of neptunes sound again because he always seems to be switching his sound up and moving it forward and changing it as opposed to looking back on anything. So I, I get the feeling it may have come from somebody else and they just kind of ran with it and it, it turned into actually a very good track. Yeah, and I know, because I know for a fact, the was it the R.E.M. track, I guess, used to be a Beyonce song. So I know for a fact, I remember I saw like some interview where she mentioned how she heard it and was just like, she loved like the chorus and was just like, I want this song. And then when you got other songs like Borderline or Blaze, I'm just like, this has to be an archive. Just these sounds just have to be archived records that just didn't go to anybody else. Yeah. But yeah, but I've been uh, most definitely been enjoying Ariana, which yeah. I've always had respect for her, like vocally, but this is probably like the only time I honestly was like telling people like, Oh man, this album's good, or I'm like Talking about it on like social media and stuff, I'm like, no, she really made a good project. Like it's, so really I'm exactly good the same. <laughs> yeah, it's not something I'd normally listen to or be interested in, but I gave it a listen, and yeah, I was posting about it as well, and had a few people like message me like, why are you listening to this kind of thing? 
what's going on? And I was like, no, it's actually a really well-made album. Like, yeah. Give it a listen. And it is. It's, it's not going to be my... I haven't got it on repeat. I've only listened to it like once properly and then picked bits and pieces of it. Um, and I probably won't... Well, in the next week or so, I'll purposely go back to it and give it some more proper listens. But it won't. I think in the future, it won't be the sort of thing I regularly seek out and go back to. But it's definitely good enough for me to kind of have saved on my on my phone and listen to kind of when it randomly just kind of comes around yeah i'll say the same i know it most definitely has its spot in my um my neptunes folder i know a few songs i know i'm probably gonna go back to multiple times just to be like man i feel like hearing this this record again and other ones i probably won't care i will admit though i haven't really i don't care too much for the other with the max martin and like I listened to those tracks and be like, okay, cool, generic pop songs. <laughs> and then I went right back. Let me see what P did. Yeah. But yeah, those records I love. The um I really love the last song too, that Get Well Soon. That I love the way he did her vocals and then the whole was it like last forty seconds I heard was for the bombing situation. Yeah, for the people that uh sort of died in Manchester at one of her concerts, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was like a nice sweet touch for um to close the record off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it most definitely was pretty good album. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to say. Even though I heard her friends, her fans hate a lot of the for real stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, like I noticed on um, on Twitter, like they, because I guess they wanted the traditional pop records and you, that you're just not going to get that for real. Like you're, he's against the traditional grain. So for them, a lot of the records there not happy that's kids these days yeah yeah like i saw some of the on twitter actually was like i saw one tweet where someone mentioned like call for like a one-hit wonder producer i or, saw something <laughs> yeah i think i saw the same thing or somebody was tweeting about that person tweeting or something yeah yeah it was just like a lot of just ridiculous stuff that was just like oh man what kind of what's wrong with this new generation like i, I get that regularly i get people like that contact me that uh have heard the podcast or they've seen like posts about i don't know some of the clothes or something or other and they're just oblivious to anything more than like two years ago mainly because of their age itself but um yeah you you tell them about all this other stuff from 10 15 years ago and their their minds are blown oh yeah especially during that whole era when he the resurgence of like the happy get lucky blur lines effect it's one of those things that i love and hate all at the same time because as a fan you love it but at the same time when you explain to people about pharrell or, or just the neptunes in general they're like oh yeah the guy with the hat the guy that made happy this is always it's more than that's that. how i yeah but i i say to people um over here like he's not massive over here to be fair obviously amongst people like in my age and younger yeah they know him but he's not huge over here um and yeah people ask me about the podcast and i sort of say all the clothes in the clothes and the shoes and stuff and i'm like oh that's something to do with pharrell and they're like who's pharrell and the you know the one reference point is always you know the guy that did happy the guy that did get lucky you know and that's and they're like oh that guy yeah 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 and now we can do that with Lemon and NERD. Like, people who don't know who NERD is, you're like, well, you know the song Lemon? You know, for real? Like, yeah, that's him. Like, I saw people was like, oh, I didn't know he had a band. Like, really? I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, that a lot. Yeah. How long you guys been at all these years? Like, it's, oh, yeah, because so, yeah, there's plenty of people I know that 
like I said, are introduced. Of course, they're through Lemon, and they just assume it's just a Rihanna song, and they're like, oh, yeah, Pharrell's on it too, I guess. I've heard, I've heard that from a few people, yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know, unfortunate. And then, of course, I have those cringe moments where I'm like, there's so many more better songs than this. <laughs> like, like, I remember when Happy came out, and I was happy. I'm like, there's better songs on that soundtrack than Happy to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah um, I remember people saying to me, like, oh, I... I I quite like that happy song. This Pharrell guy, he's like, he's quite good, and I, I, I feel like saying, like, let let's sit down and go through the back catalogue, and I'll, I'll give you some real songs to listen to here. Yeah, and then I see like articles online, like ten songs you didn't know Pharrell wrote, and it'd be like, I'm a slave for you, Senorita. <laughs> yeah, you know, drop it like it's hot, and it's like, come on. Yes, I saw I saw that recently. Funnily enough, from somebody, uh, another podcaster who is a proclaimed um, huge NERD fan. And it was the, the, the article that kind of, it went like a little bit viral and it was about the kind of four beat intro that Pharrell oh, yeah. <laughs> uses a lot, let's say, uh, and how you can like help, it helps identify Pharrell on Neptune's track. And he, yeah, he was a you know self-proclaimed huge fan and then was like posting that article like, oh, I never even realized this was a thing. I've never noticed this in any track anywhere before okay right right yeah yeah the the four count and then there's us weird stands just in the background rolling our eyes yeah as i'm doing right now this person like come on (laughs) where have you been at yeah yeah and i remember like genius did like some video little thing about it about the four count some people was just like wow that's crazy i never even noticed that well also you get the classic like i didn't know he did that song I didn't know he did that song. Yeah, there's a lot of those videos on YouTube that I that because I watch or have watched over the years a lot of Pharrell or NERD or Neptune's tracks and videos. It recommends those things to you. It says you should watch this video and it's yeah, like tracks you didn't know Pharrell produced or wrote about and it's always just the most Yeah. Well to us, the most obvious stuff. Even when he's on there singing the hook. Right. Like, Kendrick's all right. And so many people I know is like, he did that? And I was like, he's right on the... <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. That song I saw, one of the most cringeworthy videos in a while. This was a couple of years back. And he was in the studio, probably doing this album. Oh, no, who's... No, I'm getting it wrong. So he was in the studio with Cara Delavine, the the British model. Oh, yeah. And he produced some of her tracks for a Luc Besson movie she was in she did some songs for the soundtrack yeah i think i have a few of them yeah and he was i I think they were in a studio they were somewhere anyway and all right started playing or i think he was giving her like a sneak peek he was playing it to the people that were there in the room Mm -hmm. and um she was like oh yeah i really you know she's there working with him and claims to be this you know she's done modeling jobs with him and Mm -hmm. you know yeah they're friend on friendly terms and she was like listening. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I love this track. It's been one of my favorite recent tracks and stuff. And then she's like, who, who, I think she says something like, who's that saying the all right bit? Is that so and so? And they're like, and Pharrell's like, oh, no, no, that's me. I, I, I made the track. And she's like, oh, 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 really? Oh, because it's one of my favorites. And it was just very, very cringeworthy. That had to be cringeworthy. It's funny that the fact that she stood in front of him saying like, "Who is that?" and you know, ugh. like uh, me, 
No, but it's funny that you mentioned their tracks because I remember that um, Sony did together for the Chanel campaign. I actually, like, loved, like, a lot. Like, he used to play that all the time because it was so unorthodox of a, like, song and beat. And now you told me this story. Now I'm thinking, do I really want to promote that song anymore? <laughs> Funnily enough, in, in tying into that one kind of track I go back to quite a lot is from, I don't know, it must be, like, 04, 05 or something, is the the track he did for a Louis Vuitton show. And it's, like, a it's maybe 15 minutes long or something 20 minutes long and it's just like a mashup of loads of different tracks there's like spongebob in there and oh, wait, yeah. wait a minute mr postman <laughs> and and it's just kind of all mashed up but it works so brilliantly and there's such a weird mixture in there that it's just it's really interesting to listen to yeah i do remember that i know there's a lot of weird stuff i go back that he's done like i have like when he like composed with like the Academy Awards, there's like one song that he did for him that was like really amazing. I was like, I need this as a real song for somebody. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, those, yeah, his weird campaign songs that, um, I remember like that You Got Me Girl song he did for a commercial. I'm still waiting for that. Um, what was that jewel company he did a song for? It was like that on my mind. Yes, I remember. Like, I don't like remember the name Swarovski or anything. Like. Or I could be oh, yes, yeah, 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 Swarovski, yeah. Yeah, like I still want that as a song. Like I used to watch that commercial on YouTube like thousands of times. I even have like an edit someone made of just that getting repeated constantly. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's done a few things like that. He's done some like, is it like Maybelline or one of those kind of uh, makeup companies? He's done a couple of like, if I remember rightly, a couple of like tracks for them for their kind of online ads and stuff. Yeah, we never get anything from those. <laughs> Here's a project for yourself or myself. Ten, ten adverts you didn't realise Pharrell produced the music for. Ooh. That would surprise a lot of people, I think. That would. I know, um, I feel like, of course, us stands will probably know about all the Nike songs of that course, he did. Yeah. I know, I used to play those all the time, man, yeah. Yeah, I might have to do that, see how many random just ads he's made. I think there'd probably be more than you imagine. I, I imagine there's probably even some out there that I'm not aware of or haven't heard or haven't seen at any point. Because right. you get all these weird and wonderful, like, Japan-only releases and and stuff like that that people don't really pick up on. Yeah, that... I remember him and Beyonce did like a Diamonds Are Girls Best Friend edition or so. I forgot. I don't even remember what that was for. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's done a lot. That the, the the Louis Vuitton when he had like the Everyone Knows plug in. Yep. Yeah. Quite a lot. And I'm just, <laughs> the ones that just flow into my head. Yeah. I don't call him the hardest working man in music for nothing. He really is. Yeah, he really works hard. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny because I was talking to, I think Brent about this a while back. The way I kind of see it is like back in the day, you had like James Brown who was like named like the hardest working man in music or whatever it was because he was just on tour constantly. And then like in the early 2000s, you had like, for me at least, when Get Rich or Die Trying came out, you had 50 Cent who seemed to just be on tour continuously forever on TV somewhere in the world every single day of the week. And then since, since yeah, around the time of like Happy and Girl and stuff like that, when there was a real media blitz, it just seems like 
you know, Pharrell's taking over that mantle. And he's, you know, literally in a different country every day of the week. Yeah. You know, he's doing a show and then he flies somewhere else. He's in a studio and then there's this whole kind of ridiculous body of work behind him and not just the music, but obviously the, the different clothes and the design and the all the art stuff and the curation of exhibitions and jewellery lines and there's just, yeah, there's a ridiculous amount. Yeah, that, well, when he was on The Voice. Um, yeah, the TV shows. Yeah, yeah. other tone. Like, yeah, he, he does, yeah, he really, he got something going on, probably like a project every time and whatever other secret projects he got going on that we don't know about yet. Yeah, I, I'm sure he has like, 50 kind of projects going on in the background at any one time i know when i saw him he was just continuously on the phone basically taking having to take calls and talk to people and i'm sure there's there's a lot going on yeah yeah man yeah i'm just just imagine it would it be like the shadow p for a day <laughs> hectic i imagine not a lot of sleep involved right oh yeah i'm pretty sure you probably get nothing i remember on that uh was it that diary documentary they did on him yeah like i think he said like the only time he slept was like when he was on the plane for, yeah for those couple hours yeah i think things have like i think when they're back in la things are they've changed a little bit in recent years because of the Ten thousand kids he's got at home at the moment right so when they were making like the the justin album you know he was Getting up really, uh, I think Justin was talking about it, he was get Pharrell would get up really, really early when the the babies would wake up, and he'd come to the studio, and then he'd like leave early. He'd go home in the afternoon so he could be there when like the kids go to bed and and stuff like that. So it's obviously changed quite a lot as things do when you get older and your lifestyle changes. But but still, you just you know if you follow him on Instagram and and stuff now, it's when he is away and when he is working, it's just a uh, a ridiculous schedule by the looks of it yeah yeah because yeah just the tour alone like we said before him doing the tour and then fit probably was finishing up ariana grande's album and then promoting with the new shoe release that's getting ready to drop so yeah it's yeah he's he's a busy man hurts my head just thinking about all those things Makes me tired just thinking about all those things. I don't know. It makes me like, like ecstatic just for what else. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I think I think as long as there's no burnout involved, and like, I know he has a really he has a, a large team around him and a really really good team. I've been lucky enough to talk to quite a few of them yeah, in the last year or so and meet some of them. And I know they get you know they're busy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he does have a lot of people around him taking care of a lot of stuff. So hopefully it's kind of worked out so that you know he doesn't get burnt out and we don't see any of this kind of this stuff stop or yeah i hope not because there's a lot especially now that he's what producing movies too like so yeah the the i am other empire is expanding everywhere basically right yes they've got various movies they've been involved with and are involved with and then you've got the the one coming up, the the one based loosely based on his childhood, uh, called, the it called Atlantis. Yeah, yeah Atlantis. Cause he was, grew up in like Atlantis apartments or whatever they were called. So there's that, which I'm sure he has involvement in as well. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm still waiting for him to work on that Voltron movie. <laughs> yeah, I was on some website the other day, actually googling, looking up something or other, maybe some 
interviews or something for another podcast and I came across one of the interviews or pieces about that movie as well. And I was like, oh yeah, what whatever happened to that? Yeah, it was still waiting for Voltron. So I don't know. You think he's ever going to go back to acting again? Hopefully not. <laughs> no more do. We're going to Rio to part two. That was... Uh, yeah, I watched that again a couple of months back after not watching it since it came out and i got to say it was painful to watch. Very painful to watch. It was very painful to watch. And then, yeah, you see him and he's like little... He doesn't do too badly in like the little cameos that he crops up in in movies yeah. and TV shows and stuff. But, but yeah, I don't think he's cut out for acting or at least he never used to be let's say you know i remember when he when i saw like the entourage movie he like randomly popped up for like a quick second and i was yeah. like it was like some other movie i saw him like a quick little cameo and yeah you know, he's in like, like the one i remember he's in he's in get him to the greek yeah yeah that's scene with, with him uh, and p diddy, diddy, and diddy yeah. yeah talking about his i think it's like his pink polo shirt or something yeah yeah, he crops up every now and again in things. But yeah, but, yeah, but no, no Rio part two. God, no. We could have a clones part two, though, that goes with it. <laughs> Another dream. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, when I met Chad, I was actually, I was going to ask, I was going to like mention something like that, but didn't have the bottle to do so. But if um, if we can ever get one of them on the podcast, then uh, it's certainly a question I will... I will put forward. You guys say, so might as well complete the collection. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. I need the hat trick. I've got one so far. All right. I know it's funny that you mentioned Chad, because I must say I do love that we're seeing more of Chad now again. Like, he's all on the tours, and I saw he has his own little, like, articles that's been coming up with interviews, and I think he just released his own, like, drum kits and stuff, so... Yeah, he's been working with some some sound companies, and yeah, like I say, it's like his own yeah, like sample pack, I guess you call it, and there's a lot of old Neptune stuff in there as well, so yeah. if anyone out there produces any... I've exactly, downloaded it yeah. just because... I don't because. even produce anything, <laughs> like, I signed up and downloaded it for free, just like, <laughs> yeah. sounds to play around with, and I can just press the buttons on my keyboard and go, ooh, Neptunes, ooh. That was me. I'm like, I don't even make beats, but I just had to have it. And when I was, I was like, oh, that's that song. I'm like, oh, he used that for that song. And yeah. I was happy. <laughs> but yeah, like I say, it's really good to see sort of Chad fully on his tour. This is like, like back in the day, this is what I not disliked about NERD tours, but it was always a talking point around an NERD show. And it, the talking point was always, is Chad going to come? Will Chad be there? Because back, I, I I don't know why I'm just speculating from things that I heard. He he didn't really like tra- traveling, and he didn't like touring. So even though things were billed as NERD, a lot of the times they weren't with him. Yeah. But I remember yeah, like the first time I saw him, and he I don't think he was due to be there. Like the rumor was like he wasn't going to come. And then he came out and stood behind the keyboards and everyone like went crazy when he came out. Yeah. I know the fortunate times I saw them, he was there. And of course I was one of those, the only standouts the whole time driving to the venue. I'm like, is Chad coming? Will I get the full effect? And of course he's behind the keyboards. I'm like, yes, it's a real NERD show. <laughs> okay. I was going to say versus what we usually see during like the older times where Chad was never there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very much so. I think he prefers that. He likes to keep it kind of low-key, even like on these tours. He's doing a few interviews here and there, but like with Shay, I don't think he's particularly interested in doing much or any kind of press at all, unless he really, really has to. And then, yeah, in these tours, you know, he come, he runs out, he waves, and 
he stands behind the keyboard the whole time at the back and he's like low key but if you like if if you watch that Fuji Rock set so anyone that doesn't get to see them tour this year if you google like the NERD Fuji Rock stream you can probably download it from somewhere um and if you watch you just see him in the back you know he's playing such an integral part of the whole show yeah. you know, he's doing all the keys he's doing like multiple guitar um things he's got like the drum pad there so he's doing all the sounds and queuing up all the tracks and yeah you know, he he's doing a lot there as well he's very um understated yeah and i feel like the other tours i feel like he's usually in that nice little corner with a couple different things set up just playing like i remember like in search of air when he had like legit turntables in front of him like scratching during like sets and stuff so yeah chad's very versatile (laughs) yeah very much and even on this tour as well i think he does come out when there's um i can't remember which track it is but there's like a like a dance break almost where all the dancers kind of do their stuff and he comes out i think in some of the shows and dances around with them and what i when i actually met them that's one thing i really liked he all the dancers kind of go to the backstage first and he's just there with them and they're like meta and all the other dancers are kind of running up and down the steps mm-hmm. to the the backstage area kind of warming up and he's there doing it with them as well and like working out with them and doing all these like silly dance moves and oh sweet just yeah <laughs> he was kind of very much how I expected him to be, but in a in a very good way. Certainly very uh, quirky and uh, eccentric, let's say. Yes, our guy Chase Chad. <laughs> yes, the legend. Yes, yes. But yeah, that, like I said, I was just seeing that was sweet to know that he's he's putting forth of effort instead of just being Chad the ghost. Yeah, it's good to see more of him. Yeah. All right, well... On that note, we have gone over, well, well over the usual hour we try and keep it to. I think we could sit here all night just reminiscing about uh, right. <laughs> this stuff and praying for a new tour at some point soon. But we'll have to wrap it up, I think, because especially as it's half past ten here now and I'm old and need my bed as well. Right. <laughs> so, yes, we will wrap it up there. You can find, you can stream this and find all the show notes and stuff on the website, which is theothers.net. Obviously, others were Z. You can follow on Instagram, social media at others podcast. You can help support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash others. Uh, and you can find me everywhere at Steve R. Penny. And uh, Raphael, where can people find you online if they want to follow you in? See what you're up to. Um, you can check me out at, at Audio Kid on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever your social media preference is. All the places. All right, cool. Well, that's it for us this week. Uh, we'll leave it there and we'll speak to you next time, everyone. Bye bye. See you.